Welcome to Neuro Insights, a podcast that gives you insight into the latest research in organizational psychology, workplace well-being, and mental health. I'm Vivian, the Chief Research Officer here at Neuro. And I'm Peter, a researcher and content creator at Neuro, where we create science-based 15-minute micro-learnings for managers to improve mental health in the workplace. Each week, we'll be discussing a new journal article that sheds light on ways to enhance mental health at work, both for you and your team. Let's dive into the research to find out what NeuroInsight you could implement today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our NeuroInsight of today. So we've been talking a lot about what you can do as a manager to best help your team in their psychological well-being. And we've covered practical manager behaviors, but today we're going to be looking at a different angle, which is leadership style. That's right. And there's a lot of talk about what leadership style best supports mental health. The one that researchers are really focusing on is called transformational leadership. Now, transformational leadership builds on this assumption that employees have the potential or, or have potential and leaders are responsible for turning that potential into performance through what they call effective and ethical interactions. What that means is they see employees as valuable. They care about them and they're humans. They, they have curiosity, they have interests, they have strengths and weaknesses. And as a leader, you get to impact that person, help them grow. And that's something an employee really enjoys. Right. And so transformational leadership is one of those styles. And there are actually five other, well, actually many different styles if you take some kind of leadership test. But uh, the, the most basic categorization boils it down to six. And maybe we can just go through quickly some of them. There is delegative leadership. So, That's sort of like a hands-off leader, yeah, right? exactly. So one of my supervisors is like this. He says, if you got no problem, don't come to me. Just, just tell me when you have a problem. Other than that, I'm not really interested in what you have to say. I don't know. I mean, they do care, but they think it's best for you to learn by swimming on your own. Yeah, it's a, like a large sandbox and um, you get to just explore. Yeah, exactly. There's authoritarian leadership. And I mean, it sounds bad, but sometimes you do need that kind of leadership in a place of maybe a lot of uncertainty or chaos. You need someone who's going to tell you, like a military leader almost, you know, this is what we're doing. No questions asked. Just follow instructions. Oh, yeah, that can really just, you know your role. It's very clear. You know your objective. Go get it done. Right. So there are, you know, you can go look up other styles, but that's kind of a, a little taste of what the other styles could look like. But today we're looking at transformational leadership. And um, so this this uh, leadership style that we're looking at today, first of all, I should give you the title of our article. It's called Right Leadership, Scale Development and Validation, Psychologically Healthy Leadership Model. And this was out in June of 2021. Now, right leadership is a, uh, a new style of transformational leadership, and it focuses on um, five different dimensions. And, and right, just because people don't have a visual, um, it's an actually an acronym. So R-I-G-H-T, and each of those letters stand for something. Right. The first one, is, well, right, um, is recognition. So this comes up a lot in managerial uh, literature about honoring people's work, 
recognizing their potential, um, you know, hey, good job on that report, or wow, you got that item done quickly. I really appreciate it. That's recognizing people's work. Yeah, I and mean, you can definitely see how that's important. No one wants to work in a place where your leader doesn't, you know, recognize your contributions. Yeah, and that can come through pay and other yeah. items like that. But this article is focusing on communication. So communicating recognition and then communicating involvement. Involvement is when you bring someone in to be part of the solution. It encourages people to be more creative and it, it focuses on innovation and performance. It's just that they get a voice into uh, what's going on. So would it sound something like, do you want to come alongside as I make this decision? What, what would involvement sound like, you think? Well, it could be your area of specialty. You know, you get to do a lot of research here at Neuro. And so the, the boss comes to you and says, um, hey, Vivian, I'm thinking about this new product idea. Would you... Would you like to consider what the strategy is for it, given all the research you've talked about? And you'd be like, yeah, I would love to be part of that conversation. That That's involvement. Okay, got it. Uh, the next, so R-I-G, is growth and development. They kind of cheat and had <laughs> development there, but um, you get where it's going. And that's just to provide developmental opportunities, uh, resources, look at new challenges. Hey, you're doing a great job. And I think I could really expand what you do. I, I want you to give this presentation on Friday. And they're like, what? I'm never the one that does that. Well, I, th I think you can do it. I, think I want you to grow into that. Yeah. And I think this is a big part of the transformational piece because as a transformational leader, you are, as you said, you value people and their, I guess, career choices and their growth. And so I think of one of my other supervisors who is asking, uh, you know, how can I help you best in your next career step? And I think that's a sign of wanting to develop and grow the person in front of you. Sure, it might be outlining a new project for you to hone some skills that you can take to your next employer and say, I've done these things. Or they could see something in you where they want to grow your public speaking because they want to make you a manager one day and, and now's the time to do it. Yeah. The next is um, health and safety. So this is um, both verbally talking about um, self-care, mental health, and non-verbally communicating health and safety. So there's uh, actually, putting action, actually putting action on these sort of things that we prioritize your health and your safety over financial gains. So I'm not going to push you to work overtime. Hey, go home. We can work on this tomorrow. That's showing that you care about someone's health. Yeah. And this could include accommodations, having flexible schedules for mothers, for example. I think all that would fall under health and safety. And then the last one, uh, this is the one that sticks out for this leadership style uh, for transformational leadership. They point out that teamwork is not traditionally recognized as an element of healthy workplaces, uh, though ironically, um, we work on teams. Uh, employees work together. Yeah. They work in a team. And what they're saying is, uh, again, transformational leadership focuses on the leader affects the situation that affects people, affects their well-being. So when we're working on a good team, there's good well-being there. When we're on a bad team, there is mental unhealth going on. Uh, whether uh, one, one begets the other, uh, it, that's not the conversation. It's just more like, hey, teamwork should be a part of the conversation here. 
And what can a leader do to encourage good teamwork? Well, leaders have a significant amount of control over their teams and the team environment. So they're focused on making sure that the team is working together. It might be delegating roles. It might be clarifying situations, or it could be there's a bully in the room and they need to take care of that. Or there's someone who's quiet, but has a lot of insight and they need to bring that up. Yeah. So monitoring team dynamics and encouraging turn-taking during meetings. I think all of those are signs of being aware of where your team is at and trying to encourage a healthy team. So this study looked at, first it, it was developing its leadership style and trying to measure it. And then it looks at, okay, so transformational leadership we know is good for well-being in an office. Can we develop a transformational leadership style that also promotes well-being in the office, good mental health? So they, they take their style, they, they put it together, they come up with questions to measure it for uh, recognition, et cetera, et cetera. And then they took that and wanted to see what the relationship was with this transformational style, psychological safety, and mental health. So did the transformational leadership style predict good mental health? Or does psychological safety have something to do with this uh, outcome? for good mental health. Yeah. And and just a note here is the methodology of this paper was different from the previous two others because the other two that we just looked at were qualitative studies where they would interview people and ask, in your opinion, which behavior do you think is important for a team's psychological well-being? Whereas this was asking them, how much do you agree with the statement that my supervisor dot 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 my supervisor recognizes my contribution and you know does all these yeah it encourages behaviors. me to seek out new challenges that's right exactly and then it actually measures mental health and so instead of theoret like theorizing about which behaviors predict well-being they're actually measuring it yeah and they use a general health questionnaire uh, known as the GHQ um, and they also take some questions from Edmondson, 1999. To look at psychological safety. Exactly. Yeah. Great. So what are these exciting findings, Peter? Well, they found that the right transformational leadership, at least in their first initial study, did not predict good mental health or well-being within the office. Isn't that surprising? That's very surprising. I was confused by that, actually. Well, and it's interesting, right, that... Um, right. <laughs> that, that someone would present the, you know, this whole style yeah. and go, oh, it didn't, but it doesn't, it doesn't do it. it. Yeah. However, what they found was, and, and here's the, the interesting point is that uh, when they, they found that when transformational leadership, like the right style is in play, it's a good predictor for psychological safety. And then they found that psychological safety is a really strong predictor for mental well-being in the office. So uh, they found that if psychological safety is at play, the transformational leadership style will predict good mental health or, or that psych safety really intensifies good leadership. Right. But if psychological safety is not present, then the leadership style doesn't really have much effect at all. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Why would you think that? Yeah, so I've been thinking about it, and 
I'm trying to think of a situation where you have a great leader, but not great psychological safety. And this could be for other reasons, maybe outside of the leader's control. We did talk about certain workplace climate things that the higher ups or certain organizational, the way the organization is structured doesn't allow for psychological safety, even though you may have a leader who's trying to encourage it. So the leader is limited. I think if the leader can be doing all the right things, so maybe they say, I am for your career and I want to develop you, but the person doesn't really feel heard or doesn't feel safe to even tell the leader what their career goals are. So it could seem on the outside like the supervisor is doing all the right things, but there is a lack of authenticity around it and people, their employees pick up on that and don't really respond well to the leadership style. Yeah, maybe uh, the, the quota that the person needs to execute, deliver, is just so stressful. It doesn't matter how great the leader is. The situation remains the same. I'm stressed out by getting this done and no one seems to be able to change my situation. Or it could be that the person works from home and is desperately lonely and uh, doesn't like their situation. It doesn't matter how caring the uh, the person on the Zoom call is saying, how are you? I would like to help troubleshoot your your loneliness problem. Well, that's not going to work if uh, they're just not in a good situation. Yeah, and that kind of reminds me of the job demands resources theory we talked about last time. It's not just the resources you're giving, but it's also about the job nature, the demands. I mean, there are lots of different factors that play into mental well-being, and uh, it's a complex thing. We talked about this right before this, is about being genuine. And, you know, you can do leadership practices, and the outcome just... It falls flat on yeah. on your team. And there's something about psychological safety to me that measures genuineness. Mm. So you can have two managers, one's checking in, one's doing all the right stuff, and yet the team's falling apart. There's something going on that that person's not creating a safe environment because the employees are actually really smart. They're really, they, they care about their own well-being and survival in this situation. And they've smelled that something's off. I will not share in this meeting because it's unsafe. But when someone is genuinely caring, that will follow up, will check in, will make sure the bullies in the room are not getting to bully, then people start to go, I believe and trust this leader to do what they're going to do. Yeah, and I think it boils down really to being human. I mean... <laughs> what does that mean? On the LinkedIn Live this morning, they were saying one big... Well, who was it, first uh, of all? Yeah, it was Antonio and Kahin. Kahin is the uh, person who leads the research team that writes all the Harvard Business School case studies. Oh, wow. And so she really thinks about the challenges managers go through on specific cases and... Uh, anyway, it was a great conversation, and one thing that came out of it was that no one is teaching managers how to be human or humanized, and what I mean by mm. that is you can give them tips and tricks, you can 
have them read tons of management books. I mean, even in the past two podcast episodes when we were talking about specific behaviors, you could take that list and just kind of laundry list it and say, check, check, check. But there is this extra aspect, which I, I like how it's been touched upon in this paper, which is people just want to be led by a real human mm. who understands them, who listens, and who genuinely cares. And I, I know it sounds you know, vague and trite, but it's, I think it's true. And um, if you want to be a good manager, it's not just enough to read a ton of management books and have all the right practices. Yeah. It's such an interesting field, right? Cause it's about personhood. It's about your, who you are. And of course you need good skills. Of course you should work on those skill sets. But what's interesting is if you're just being who you are, and maybe you fall through on, I don't know, uh, getting right on those emails and sending them back within 15 minutes. People don't care. They they love you for who you are. And that makes a big difference. Right. And it brings me back even to the second episode we did. And if you haven't listened to that, you can about psychological safety and feedback sharing versus feedback seeking. And what the study found is that feedback sharing. So literally just sharing about a time when you've messed up time when you've been criticized had enormous impacts on psychological safety and so if you're overwhelmed with like oh no not only do I have to do these tips and tricks but I also have to create psychological safety I think well first of all you can go listen to that episode <laughs> but um, also I think it's much simpler than we make it out to be yeah and one thing that from your interview today that really stuck out to me was um, Karin said people are tired and managers are especially tired. And that's pointing back to the humanness. And we're it's sort of a vague term that we're using, you know, being human. But it's when we treat humans like machines or people, organizations as non-people, then we start to have problems. And it shows in many different ways. And this is sort of this passive way of all these humans are saying, I'm just tired. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm burnt out. Well, maybe we should end on a little more positive note. <laughs> well, I, I'm excited for where this research is yeah. going. I think they're um, they're headed in the right direction. Mm -hmm. They're looking at psychological safety and good leadership, and we need both. They're trying to measure something that's, you know, it's a the social sciences are are interesting. Oh, yeah, how do you put a, a finger on what is a good leader? Right? Yeah, how do you put a number to it? <laughs> so we're trying to you know numberize the human stuff, right? But uh, there we go. It's very interesting because it's looking at genuinely good places to work and genuine good leaders. And how does that work out? Um, so, you know, keep following us and we're going to be looking at uh, different articles from different angles. And this is what Neuro is about. We're looking at helping managers, especially those frontline managers, to uh, grow into these leaders who can foster a psychologically safe place with good management skill sets and uh, with the outcome being good well-being. That's right. So thank you, Peter, for that wonderful uh, share, and we'll see you guys next time. 